Hey, everyone, if you haven't yet, be sure to go to podsurvey.com to take a quick survey to help us get some advertisers and to help us keep this podcast free. That's podsurvey.com slash last. Really helps us out a lot. We appreciate every single one of you. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. I pressed record. Press record. That's the most important Sometimes button. I am killing the babysitter wrapping a bunch of tape around her head. I'm sorry, I just can't get my hands around the song. <laughs> Let me just try it again. Sometimes when we touch, I get my daughter pregnant. All right, no, redo it again. Redo it. I don't know how to. I don't know how to write a song about Frederick and Rosemary West without including how they rape their own daughter, put mm. a baby in her, and then choked her to death in a rancid basement in Gloucester, England. Well, I thought we were recording a Christmas album today, so um, I'm way off. I had no idea who Fred or Mary West were. My name's Terry Tingleton, and I write songs about serial for Light FM. Terry Tingleton? And I write songs about serial killers for Light FM. <laughs> right, right, right. We've established this. That's great. Yes. I've done it again. I wrote a song called about Jeffrey Dahmer called I'm Hungry for Your Bones. Mm-hmm. And it uh, did not do well on the charts. No, I remember that. Yeah, as a matter <laughs> of fact, we were we were banned for three weeks. I am not a successful man. I live in a tent outside of a, of a Motel 6 somewhere in Valdosta, Georgia. <laughs> but I will continue to write my songs because mm. a broken clock's always right twice. <laughs> All right, well, the hour's up. Thank you so much. Get out of here. Uh, I was expecting this. <laughs> I gotta go. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're joined by the very talented Henry Zabrowski as well. Uh, today's topic is disgusting. Spooky, ooky, but it's about love at the same time. <sighs> is guess. it? Yeah, Fred and Mary West. <laughs> okay, we'll say it's about soulmates. And yeah, sometimes, right. you know, sometimes having a soulmate is a beautiful, wonderful thing uh-huh. that lets you know that there's good and kindness in this universe, uh, but sometimes those souls belong to two monsters who should have been put down at very young ages. Like Ronald and Nancy Reagan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Think trickle about, down. Think about it. That's what gets it. me mad. Yeah. Trickle down. Trickle down. And, of course, uh, we're doing Fred and Mary West today, uh, or Fred and Rose West today. I always call or Mary just sounds better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ro- no, Rose is more appropriate because Rose is more of a prostitute's name. Yes, <laughs> yes. But we're doing Fred and Mary, uh, Fred and Rose West today. The reason why we're doing England's most notorious serial killers this week is because we can finally officially announce that we're going to be coming to England for a full tour in late March. Late March, Yay! UK, and, look out. And we're saying this right now. We're going to fuck up some names oh, in this episode. Mm-hmm. But by the time we get to the UK, we will be better at pronouncing names. Yep. Because I don't want to. Because someone told me that there's a thing called getting glassed. Yes. In what's, the UK. Yes. What's that all about? It's exactly what it sounds like. What? They throw it, glass at you? No, it means that if you piss somebody off, 
uh, in the UK, and tell tell listeners, tell us if we're if I'm right or if I'm wrong. What they'll do is is that they'll wait for you to be in the middle of like drinking your beer, and they'll come up to you and just smash the uh, end of the glass into your face. Yeah. Oh, that's classic college stuff. <laughs> I can deal with that. Yeah. So let's. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start off uh, on uh, the twenty third of March in Cardiff. Uh, then we're going to Birmingham. We're gonna do the Glasgow Comedy Festival. We're gonna play Salford. Which is in Manchester, Salford. I don't know. Uh, and then we're going to end the whole thing up in London on uh, Friday the 27th. Uh, the tickets go on sale on Friday on All right. the 12th. It's going to be a great show. All right. Let's uh, get- and Salford is the first place that Paul McCartney ever had a chicken wing. I've actually heard that <laughs> so that's story. A fun, that's a fun fact. I believe Lots th- of fun facts. I believe that's entirely true. As a matter of fact, at that chicken wing restaurant, that's where Ringo was working. <laughs> so that's where he ended. And he's back there now. <laughs> he's right. He's back there now having a great time telling everybody that he's still the... Yep, he's still the shitty beetle. <laughs> oh, you like it? You want to get... I've got teriyaki. Oh, let me know my own flavors. This one's called Octopus's Garden. It tastes like fucking squid. Oh, I love Octopus's Garden. That's my favorite kind of chicken wing. All right, let's get Ringo. to Fred. Yeah. <laughs> let's get to Fred and Rose West. Oh, and you can go to gigsandtours.com to buy tickets uh, for the last podcast on the Left so, Live Show in England. Before we before we begin this this episode, what well, you know what I'd say? You know, if you've got a daughter, don't touch her. No, leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> and really, if you've got a son, don't touch him. Don't touch your kids. <laughs> for for a day. For a day. After you listen to this episode, just don't even look at your kid. All right, <laughs> let him let him just kind of sit in their own juices for a little while. They don't need too much more meddling. They're fine. So, Fred and Rose West. Between 1967 and 1987, West, alone and later with his second wife, Rosemary West, tortured and raped numerous young girls, murdering at least 11, including a couple of their own family members. And the crimes Hmm. often occurred in the couple's homes uh, in the city of Gloucester at 25 Midland Road, but most of the murders took place in the most infamous... Address in England, 25 Cromwell Street. I can't hey, did you it. ever see, have you seen pictures of the address sign of 25 Cromwell Street? No. Is it just made it, of bones? <laughs> it looks like it fell off of like an HR, Huff and Puff, whatever show. It's just like, it's all like big doodly writings. Like I guess it was like common in England in the 70s. Let's see it. Um, oh, it looks far looks too, like- far too friendly for what happened there, I think. <laughs> I'm just, I can't get a date off of Tinder, and this man was married twice. That's upsetting to me. Did you see the women that he was married to? Were they women or were they men? (laughs) They were women. Yes, they were women. Let's start with the early life. I'll put it this way. Rose West was kind of attractive in, like, uh, been hit in the head with a frying pan, eat nothing but bangers and mash kind of way. Yeah. yeah she was a prostitute. People paid to have sex with her, and Fred just got it for free. Uh, all right. So, uh, Fred West, let's start with the early life of this, guys. We usually do with the heavy hitters. He was- Hey, uh, just, yeah, don't eat lunch. If you're eating food, just stop eating food right now. Please. This is going to get really, really bad. This is among the most disturbing that we've ever covered, if not the most disturbing heavy hitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was born in the small rural village of Much Markle in Hertfordshire. 
Mm. They're all yeah. bad names. They never. Fred West never lived in a place that had a good name. They're all awful fucking names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they know. all just sound like candies. <laughs> yeah. They don't have the fun American names like Pleasant Point or just like place to be. No, they've got names like Coat Bridge and Lanarkshire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he was born in Much Markle in Herefordshire uh, in 1941. Uh, that's 120 miles from London. His father, Walter, was a cowman and uh, was many- What is a cowman? It's a cow, like a cowboy. He raised cows. He was oh, a- but but he's a rapist. <laughs> yeah, so that's why he's a cow man. Yes, yes. that's implied. You're, I think. you're giving my band a very bad name here. Yeah. <laughs> this was oh, this is an opportunity for you for you to plug your band, the Cowman album, out in March. That's great. Never <laughs> never miss an opportunity, even when you're talking about the father of a man who raped and murdered countless women. Good. Uh, he was many years older than his wife Daisy. She was just 16 when they married and was a lifelong morbidly obese woman. Mm. Daisy is not a name for a person. It's the name for an animal. I agree. <laughs> Daisy's a terrible name for a gale. Unless your name is Daisy out there and you're listening, I think you're beautiful. <laughs> so, Fred, he was the second of six children that Daisy and Walter would have over the short span of 10 years. It was one after another with these people. It never stopped. Uh, later on in life, Fred would routinely rape one of his sisters with his brother John and their father. Uh, well, and this this right here, this is important to remember. Fred says that he impregnated his sister, but as we'll see with Fred West, pathological liar. So right. anything, any information that we get from Fred West should always be taken with a grain of salt. But he did definitely rape and kill 13 people, if not more. 13 yes. at least. But it's kind of fun. It's like uh, what... Uh, it, Fred and his, and his father, they're sort of like the Manning family. <laughs> you know, the they Peyton are. Manning, Eli, Eli Manning, Artie Manning. Oh, You've got the name. DNA. You've got the training. Right. You're all raping your sister, just <laughs> like the Mannings. Yep. <laughs> so, so the West, they grew up very secluded. They rarely mixed with outsiders. Like, Which is so weird because they seem real cosmopolitan. <laughs> I know, don't they, with their shoes and having sex with all the animals. So, of course, this environment, like Fred saw incest and rape. He grew up seeing incest and rape as something that was normal. Like right. this was what he was isolated from everybody else. Uh, he quit school at the age of fifteen because he was a bit of a dullard. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't read, couldn't write. Very charming guy though. Had uh, definitely had the gift of gab. I don't know. They, they say that about so many serial killers, and I feel like that's just way overblown because their crimes are so heinous. And then they'll be like, but in reality, he would grunt. <laughs> no, it's because it's because he does it. It's because it's like when you meet Fred West, you expect him to be like, "Hey, what you come here? You got my cord, you fuck." Bitch. And like it's when you meet him and he's just like, hello. They're like, oh, look at that. He can think. How charming he is. Are you gonna treat all the people in the UK like gnomes? Is that your plan, Henry? Oh, look at them. Like, that is a that's our cab driver, Mr. I've Zabrowski. said this before. I believe that British women are absolutely gorgeous and their men are very smart. <laughs> I've heard you say it before, and I just heard you say it again. So Fred, uh, in addition to uh, raping his sister, he took the incest even further, losing his virginity to his mother at the age of twelve. Uh, Thank God. But yeah. that's not on Fred. That's on Daisy. <laughs> don't don't give Fred that one. I'm not it takes giving two to tango, man. 
He was 12. Uh, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not I'm giving that to Daisy, but it definitely let uh, it definitely left a bit of a mark on uh, little we'll put Fred's it this psyche. Way. Daisy was the Jordan in that scenario. Fred <laughs> right. was the Scotty Pippen. Sure, sure. Uh, and of course, the mother Fred was her favorite little boy. Of uh, course, and so, she was sucking his dick. Yeah, that's on the how reg. you know if mo- yeah, how mom has chosen favorites. I'll just it's, it's, that's just a factoid that everybody should know. By dick, she's sucking your brother's dick. Right, he's the favorite. <laughs> maybe it's best not to be the favorite. <laughs> I feel like maybe. Well, you- if you want to be president, right. <laughs> Though, of course, uh, his mother would go up to school and constantly defend every little act that Fred did, and he gained the reputation for being a mama's boy. Uh, But (laughs) the other thing that he gained a reputation for was hardcore bestiality. Oh, 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 man. Uh, And that was a skill Charming guy. Charming guy. What a charming guy. (laughs) Uh, And he actually gained all of his knowledge of bestiality from his father. His father told him, Henry, do you you want to take uh, how his father instructed him the best way to take a sheep? If you slip a sheet's hind legs under your boots... It can't run away. <laughs> oh, oh, oh then, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. And when these fr- are the conversations, you know, Daddy, these are the conversations that a kid can't forget. <laughs> I like, I like that time you said, "Hey, why don't we go rape your sister?" Right. I mean, it's funny to me in a way because he's actually making his father and his mother very proud with his actions, isn't he? Well, he's well, doing every. I mean, at, up to this point. Up to this point, and we'll see later how they bafflingly uh, find a reason to disown him. But until then, uh, <laughs> but until then, uh, he's still the pride of the family. Uh, and his father had a, a, a very simple philosophy uh, that Fred would carry with him for the, his entire fucking life. And this is a terrible philosophy to give to a psychotic child. Yeah. He said, "Do whatever you want." Just don't get caught doing it. Right. You see, it's a simple philosophy. <laughs> it's very simple. Yeah. It's very, very simple. But in the hands of a psychopath, uh, it turns into rape and murder for at least 13 women. Right. Uh, and Fred, he idolized his dad. He looked up to him. He thought that his dad was the fucking bee's knees. He's the man who has all the answers. He taught me how to fuck sheep. He taught me how to fuck my sister. He lets me fuck my mom. And he thought that his father hung the fucking moon. Also, what's interesting, too, is how this is different from every other heavy hitter we've really covered is that he had a strong relationship with his father yeah that like yeah this is literally pinioned on and it's mostly it's a rebellion mostly it's like a rebellion from the parents so this is why i act this way or like because they treated them terribly this was it's like they were fucking pals yeah he taught him like you basically he became an apprentice to a, a a guy who is everything but a serial killer right right yeah, as far as we know. Or you have like a Dahmer's dad where he was just like, there. Oh, I, I just didn't know. <laughs> I, I didn't know what I he know. was doing back there, but it mostly I, I, I heard I heard some meowing. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought he wanted to be a vet. I am not sure. <laughs> that is true. I think that, yeah, that is true. So like many other serial killers, uh, Fred West suffered from a very serious head injury at a young age. He crashed his motorcycle head on into a car that was traveling in the other directions. He spent a week in a coma. Mm-hmm. Uh, his broken leg, the, the leg that he broke in the accident would be permanently shorter than the other, which caused him to limp for the rest of his 
life. And was it, was, do you think that was just him just driving, going like, seeing the truck coming? It's going like, you get out of the way. You get out of the way now. <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, and he had a metal plate that was inserted into his head. Uh, yeah. And Fred, he already was had inherited obvious mental problems from his parents. His parents were not sane people, but that combined with a fucking twisted and bizarre childhood environment uh, and serious frontal cortex injuries really brought everything together to make this guy the perfect fucking killer. Now, we've seen yeah. with frontal cortex injuries before, the frontal cortex, uh, Gacy had it, uh, I believe uh, Bundy had it. Uh, mm -hmm. This is where the conscience lives. Like right. where the things that would make all of us say, fuck, no, I'm not going to do that. That's repulsive. These people don't have that. Well, it's a good thing James Dean died in that crash. Otherwise, he would have came out a serial killer. <laughs> what I also think is interesting, too, is I like this concept that the idea that the frontal lobe may be where the antenna is that connects us to the collective unconscious. Yeah, that's my theory. That, I like this idea. Thank I like you. this idea a lot because it's they it's. You can see how that would affect empathetic idea. Like, if basically, it's like you you got knocked off the Wi-Fi, and now you have to look at porn that's on your computer, which is you just drawing boobies on MS Paint. I mean, that's not necessarily how I'd put forth my theory. But well, I think that's how I would. <laughs> right, I'm right. doing it for the normal man, for the working man. Mm -hmm. But yes, I do believe that the, uh, the, the connection to the collective unconsciousness of humanity does live in the frontal cortex of our brain. And then once that is severed, then guilt is essentially gone. Not everyone necessarily becomes a serial killer. Some people become CEOs. Sure. Some people uh, become the shitty person. Uh, Some people become podcasters. Comedians. Ooh, yeah. I did have a frontal cortex injury as a child. I used to just do somersaults <laughs> into the corner of my wall. I swear to God, I did. And then I would also have Hammer Tuesdays, where I just hit my head in the hit my head with a hammer on Tuesdays. So after this accident, Fred, of course, was suddenly prone to extreme fits of rage. He become extremely violent over extremely mundane things. But okay, so at this point, when he gets really angry, he has a one leg is shorter than the other, and yeah. he has a metal plate in his head, right? Yeah. So that's funny. <laughs> Like, when you Absolutely. see a dude with one short leg, it'll be like, yeah, yeah, punch me in the side of the head. That's the metal side. I don't care. Like, that's funny. Yeah, that, that is really funny. Yeah. Uh, but after that accident, it wasn't the only head, serious head injury that Fred ever had. After that, uh, he tried to stick his hand up the skirt of a girl while they were both on a fire escape. She pushed him off, and Fred landed head first onto the concrete. And Jesus. that knocked him out for this is my thing. Hours. I don't think a rape-related injury can technically add to the serial killer thing because I think just the act of trying to rape her. I mean, it. but that's he, more of it. But he became he was on uh, he was just regularly trying to rape women at this point because in his mind right. it had been fused that sex equals control and domination, and he's also much more aggressive now. So whatever he and he's also got his father's uh, wisdom. Of if it feels good, do it. Just don't get caught. All these things together. Mm -hmm. He just if he wants a woman, he will take her. He will take whatever he wants. Right. Uh, well, never mind the fact that his many injuries made him look like a fucking like he looked like Herman Monster. <laughs> oh yeah, he was just slowly devolving into the monster, the the creature he would become. Yeah. He's got it. He's got a limp. He's got a plate his head. His head is like a 
a cylinder. Right. It's been so fucked up over and over again. He probably said, hey, all right, hey, don't let my leg quit you, or I'm going to grab your knees, little girl. Like, he starts doing that over and over again. It's going to be hard for him to work in retail. It's <laughs> going to be hard for him to do fun stuff. Welcome to Forever 21. I'm from hey, West. Come on, hey, hey, you want to try this tube top on? Let me put it on you. Let me try it myself. <laughs> It's very. He didn't have a lot going for him. No, he know? didn't. And he, of course, like many other serial killers, he was also a petty thief. Uh, but what I mentioned earlier about the bizarre thing that made his family disown him at nineteen, he was forced out of uh, his village in which he grew up for impregnating a thirteen-year-old girl. Okay. Uh, and instead, and it's of course this also shows you his fucked up way of thinking. Instead of responding with just guilt or remorse or anything like that, when they asked him like, "Why the? Why did you do this? Why did you fuck a thirteen-year-old girl?" He just said, "Doesn't everybody do it?" I mean, that's but, how confused he was, but that's yeah. really what he thought. That's exactly what he thought. So, but this thirteen-year-old was outside of the family, right? Yes. So the, I think his parents. Well, that's probably, good. Well, that's at least good. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction, I will I, say. I suppose so. But for his parents, maybe they felt like he was blowing their cover. <laughs> maybe he's just like, "What are you doing, having sex with other people outside of the family? We have sex inside the family." Yeah. You know, very cultish. I guess so. Uh, at, at his trial, uh, a doctor actually testified uh, that West, much like John Wayne. Gacy suffered from epileptic fits. Okay. That's what we saw again and again in Gacy. And what I actually research in this, uh, Fred West is the straight John Wayne Gacy. Yes. Yeah, he really and, is. And honestly, very similar careers. Construction worker, uh, just no clown. That's the problem. He doesn't have that pop. He doesn't yeah. have an American fucking <laughs> style like we have. Yeah, he had no style. No, like, he's a different character in the sideshow of serial killers. That's for sure. Yeah, he's a different character, but he's in the same tent as Gacy. That's he's right. the he's the Yosemite Sam <laughs> of serial yeah. killers. That's how I imagine him going, hey, hey, <laughs> kicking his tiny leg. God, yeah. that would be so Gacy doing the clown tricks, and then you have Fred West just being all limpy and gimpy, and then be like, and watch Mr. Dahmer eat a penis. <laughs> that would be the best sideshow ever. That is one thing that uh, a psychiatrist said, uh, who, a psychiatrist who studied Fred West, that he said about him that was different from other uh, serial killers is... Fred West approached the entire thing with extreme enthusiasm, hmm. but with ex enthusiasm and glee. A lot of guys, you know, they kind of look at it as, oh my, this is a thing that I have to do. Right. I can't, you know, I can't. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer was tortured. John Wayne Gacy was hiding a secret. Uh huh. Like Ted, I mean, Ted Bundy didn't do it with enthusiasm. He was just a fucking rip roaring maniac. Well, I think by the Florida State. That rampage, I think, was very, I would argue, enthusiastic. 15 minutes, four girls with a log, but... Yeah. Well, it's just more like, I'd say he left it all on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> you could use that analogy, yeah. yeah. Fred West, he would approach it with just a glee, I right. think. Let me get out your tushy. Let me get out it. Woo-hoo-hoo. Woo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> He's the only one who said woo-hoo. Yeah. While he was raping somebody. And speaking of Glee, we'll be playing the Cardiff Glee Club oh. on March 23rd. <laughs> Very exciting. 2015. Come on out. Tickets go on sale Friday. So, after he had been disowned, Fred moved back to Much Markle with his Aunt Violet. And it was, yeah. Uh, much Markle. So did, did, did the parents of his mother just name everything after the flowers they saw? <laughs> they they Violet, now you're just mud because we don't find no flower. <laughs> yeah, we got daisies, we got violets, we got roses. This is a... Uh 
a flower-filled podcast. It's very, yeah, very floral. So it was at this time that he reconnected with an old girlfriend, a girl named Catherine Costello, uh, but her prostitute name was Rena. Oh, nothing <laughs> like a, having sex with Rena and an hour-long stay at a motel. <laughs> oh, my God. Rena, I want to marry you. I don't know why you'd want to marry me. <laughs> I'm a pile of filth. <laughs> well, maybe that's what he loves about her. So the two married and moved to the village of Coatbridge in Lanarkshire. God, it's the worst names. Uh, Lanarkshire. You know what? Also, every England town sounds like a name for a sauce, like a brown condiment. <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty tasty now that I think about it. So Rena, she was already five months pregnant with her first daughter, Charmaine. Oh, and what a lucky daughter she's going to be. <laughs> Who is beautiful, beautiful name. Charmaine. Yeah. yeah. She was fathered by a Pakistani bus driver who <laughs> skedaddled. Uh, he didn't stick around didn't stick to around. see Rena and Charmaine <laughs> in a little family. I'm so sorry, Rena. I know Never meant to. I never meant to make love to you even once. I was trying to finish my route. Please, <laughs> if you could just, if you could just let let me go. Let me go. I have, I have nine families. Yeah. <laughs> so Fred would actually take Charmaine as his own, in addition to fathering uh, his own child with uh, with Rena named Anne Marie. And Fred's parents, this is bizarre. Fred's parents thought that Charmaine, uh, that the child belonged to Fred rather than the Pakistani bus driver. So when the um wait what yeah wait okay so but that's they he, Fred told them that while Rena was pregnant. He said, like, okay, she's pregnant with my baby. Mm -hmm. So when the baby came out a little brown and half Pakistani, Fred just wrote a letter to his parents, told them that the child died in childbirth, and to replace that child, they adopted a mixed-race kid. Uh -huh. it, it, that is just, it's a bad lie. <laughs> <laughs> but they believed it. God, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but, yeah, it seems to work. Mm -hmm. There is not a single smart person involved <laughs> anywhere nope. in this story. Definitely not. No. Uh, so in Coatbridge, Fred worked as an ice cream truck driver. Oh, uh, that is creepy. Yeah. That's yes. sort of a gay, that's a little gacy-ish. Yeah, yeah. We had an ice cream truck driver in the town that I grew up in, drank buttermilk straight from the carton in the middle of a Texas <laughs> summer. Like, it was, that's disgusting. Uh, it was the farts uh, that must have filled that ice cream truck. Uh, it was, uh, him just coming up to little girls, so it's got the selling ice cream, just been like, hey, little girl. Hey, you want some skittles on that? I'll rub my pubes on it. <laughs> Shouldn't have I don't, said it. After, Shouldn't have said it. After this podcast and everything else, I don't think I can have a kid anymore. Like, <laughs> everything's ruined. Is there anything innocent anymore? M Mr. No. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. That's it. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Never be He's ruined. He's dead, Marcus. He's fucking dead. <laughs> Good. He died with a clean name. He did. So is that what all life is now? Is it just getting out clean? I think is it is. It? Yeah, that's all there is, Henry. I mean, that's all we have anymore. After seventy, you're guaranteed to get brought down by something. Yeah. So uh, as uh, Fred was working as an ice cream truck driver, which gave him access to numerous teenage girls uh, all over Coatbridge, uh, of course, he uh, did have an accident here. This is the very first time that blood was ever on his hands. He ran over and killed a four-year-old boy with his van in 1964. Uh, the, ac the, the, the accident was ruled uh, in, you know, in Fred's favor. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, the boy ran Technically, out though, in Codebridge, you can claim that he was trying to make him a speed bump, <laughs> and that you get off scot-free because technically you're a civil engineer then. Oh, very good. So Fred, being a little paranoid, decided it was time to skip town, leave Codebridge. Uh, yeah, and they went to the neighboring town, Lollipop Town. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nope. They... Which is right next to which is right next to boot building. <laughs> uh, nope. Fred and his family, their nanny, and a friend of Rena's named Anne McFall moved to Bishop's Cleave uh, in Gloucester. <laughs> oh, God. So this it just it, that just sounds like the top of a pre-sass. <laughs> yeah, the Bishop's Cleave. But they had a nanny. I mean, he must have had some income coming through here with the ice cream gig and whatnot. He was a thief. He was just a thief. Yeah. <laughs> but, but a thief enough to have a nanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thief enough to have a nanny. All right. Uh, yeah, and this was in Gloucester where they would eventually settle at 25 Cromwell Street, but that's going to come later. Uh, Fred got a, actually got a job at a slaughterhouse here, which this job is extremely important to what right. Fred would do later on. Uh, this guy, Colin Wilson, wrote this book called The Cor- Corpse Garden. He said... One thing is clear, that at some stage, West developed a morbid obsession with corpses and blood and dismemberment. Yeah. There is no evidence that he had shown any interest, su- uh, any such interest so far. It seems then that Fred West's sexual perversion became slowly more obsessive in the period following his marriage, and the evidence suggests that necrophilia and desire to mutilate corpses began during his period as a butcher. I would have loved to see the interview with him going into the slaughterhouse for the job, and the guy was like, thank God you showed up. A bunch of people in business suits with like two working legs have been coming in and interviewing this entire goddamn town. I can't hire that scum. You got the metal plate. You got the limp. You're hired, Mr. West. I'm built for this job. Perfect. I like to see the ribs, and I'll play with them like they're a xylophone. And perfect, that's just perfect. good for morale. Yeah. Can you, can you work on three shifts? That'd be great. Three shifts in a row. <laughs> You know what? Also, too, is that you can see the direct you can see the direct line of logic too. Yeah. Where it's like he wanted sex to be easier. He you get to a point where the, they build this sort of superiority complex of I could take anything I want, anybody I want. Mm-hmm. As soon as he starts being in this this slaughterhouse and he starts rubbing his dick one time on like a slab of fucking hamburger meat that they all ate in their fucking shepherd's pie three weeks later, <laughs> he. Realize, like, this is the easiest way is yeah. these dead is dead people. And right. if you don't give a fuck where your dick's going, like you've taught your dick to have sex with like ducks and shit, <laughs> yeah, you can you can fuck a corpse. Oh, I would almost argue a corpse is better than having sex with a duck yeah. if you have to choose. Well, it's a that's a toss up. Oh. I want to isolate that sentence you just said. <laughs> no. And I, I want to isolate that sentence, and I want to just send it to every person you've ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Fred, you know, as Henry said, his the sexual demands became much more depraved, much more sadistic, uh, violent oral sex, bondage, sodomy. He wanted it all hours of the day or night. So Rena and her nanny, uh, having not been able to take it anymore, they escaped out to Scotland, but they left the children, Charmaine and Anne-Marie, uh, behind with Fred and Rena's 16-year-old friend, Anne McFall, who had somehow become infatuated with Fred West. God knows. God knows. Weird. And so the four moved into a trailer, and McFall started taking care of Charmaine uh, and Annie. And Rena, who was missing her children, she went back to Bishop's Cleave, and she told... Constable Hazel Savage, who will become very important later on in the story, that her Hazel husband... Savage. 
Hazel Savage, Constable Hazel Savage. Yeah. She told her that her husband was a sex pervert and unfit to raise the children. And of course, you know, uh, maybe not so coincidentally, there were eight sexual assaults committed in the Gloucester area by a man of Fred's description at this time. How many men are of Fred's description? It's England. A lot. They're very. No, they're very it, smart. It's the one guy right. with the metal in his head and the gimpy foot. <laughs> no, but how many of them have that? They've all worked horrible factory jobs. Yeah. They all look the same. He's got. It, the back of his head is bigger than the front of his head. It's just, you can see the steps. It's like, you know, those old 70s living room where you could step from the top. You step like three steps down into a lower living room. Yeah. That's the movement from the back of his head to his front of his face. <laughs> it's true. He's got a horrible, horrible head. Uh, but despite having a terrible head, he still managed to impregnate uh, Miss McFall in late 1966. She start, uh, McFall started to pressure West to divorce Rena more and more over the years. Uh, and so West, who was cracking under the pressure, uh, murdered uh, Anne McFall when she was eight months pregnant. <sighs> okay, this is when it really starts to get brutal. He cut the eight-month-old fetus out of Anne's body. He decapitated her, and he removed all of her fingers and toes and her kneecaps oh. before burying her near the trailer park where they once lived together. She was the first one killed and the last one to be discovered. But that also huh. fits with his original reasoning, which is he cut the fetus out I mean, number one, because you can play handball with it. But number two, <laughs> right. so that when they found the body, they wouldn't, he would, it's this weird thing again where his validation was, I don't want anybody to know I was screwing around on my wife. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. that's what they, it's his daddy's rule. You can do anything you want as long as nobody knows about it. Yeah. As long as no one gets caught. Uh, and the fingers, toes, and kneecaps thing. That would be Fred's M.O. for almost every murder that would come afterwards. Well, they, he was doing a lot of fun Tim Burton-type things with player pianos, just <laughs> gluing them to the keys. Yeah. Now, I guess the uh, so the slaughterhouse kind of taught him how to pop a kneecap real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's perfect training. Yeah. It really was. Uh, and This guy is the Bo Jackson of U.K. <laughs> serial killers. Right, right. Uh, yep, yeah, and you know, at this time, he's it's said that he probably killed a girl named Mary Bastholm, uh, who he kidnapped from a bus stop. They uh, used to get a lot of girls from bus stops, uh, but and Fred's mother died in February of 1968 from complications of gallbladder surgery. That sent Fred mm. to a, a bit of a theft spree. He didn't really know how to handle it, so he stole quite a bit. That was his coping mechanism, which caused him to switch jobs with fair frequency. Uh, yeah. But it was while he was employed as a delivery driver for a bakery where he would finally meet Rosemary Letts. How does this man, he has so many women and so many jobs. Get I mean, the it's gab. The gift of gab. Gift yeah. of gab. I, I just can't believe he was that charming. I he talked his way out of a sexual assault charge later on. We'll get to Fred and Rosemary West's first big day out. It is awful. It's terrible. All right. But we'll now, get to I, that. No, I imagine he sees her and it's that whole like that, that whoa, my love, <laughs> my darling. Well, he's got two croissants around his balls, like but like playing with, look at her, <laughs> staring at her, playing with them like they're his balls. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's fucking sucking on a fork like it's a dick. <laughs> mm, yeah. Well, Rose was born in Barnstaple, 
Uh, <laughs> it's a fine name, Barn Staple. It's good. There's a barn, and then maybe there, there was one person who had a staple once, and he became the mayor. We, we are lucky to say we are the first town to have a pig as mayor. <laughs> That's good. A pig as a mayor is a fantastic mayor. Progressive. Uh, she was born on November 29th, 1953. So 12 uh, years younger than yeah, Fred. 12 years younger. And this is very strange. Her mother was also named Daisy. No. Not the most creative naming mechanism they have over here. I suppose not. Uh, but Daisy, uh, this Daisy, uh, was she suffered from severe depression, and while she was pregnant with Rose, she underwent regular electroshock therapy treatments while she was pregnant with this girl. That cannot be healthy for this a child. It can't be healthy for a baby. Unless you want to create I think a superhero. It technically, it poaches the baby. Yeah. <laughs> And, of course, when Rose was born, she had many problems. She had a habit of rocking herself back and forth. Uh, when she was put in a, a pram, which is what What's the, a pram? Uh, prams are they call baby carriage. So if she was put in a, a pram without the brake on, she would rock so violently that the pram would creep across the room. Uh, I think that's terrifying. Yeah, that's very <laughs> scary. Yeah, and as she became a little older, she only rocked her head back and forth, but she would do it for hours on end, which was uh, the first indications that uh, she was, in her family words, quote, a bit slow. Uh, mm. Her nickname was Dozy Rosie. Well, she'd be a lot uh. faster if you took the brake off the damn thing. <laughs> and uh, as she went from a baby to a toddler to a little girl, she'd just swing her head around. Swing her head around for hours on end. Mm. And it would just hypnotize herself into semi-consciousness. Did they cool. Ever, did they ever think she was possessed? No. No, they never did. No. They just thought she's a little slow. Dozy Rosie. Just leave her she alone. She got the technical. It, uh, there's a there's a British. Uh, there's a doctors come and look at it, and they call you. Um, she was a doy doy. Ah, doy doy. Doy doy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is doy doy doy. Yeah, round and round and round again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Bill Letts, her father, uh, he had his own problems. He was diagnosed mm -hmm. as a paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, uh. He suffered from OCD. He had a life of rigidity. He was a Navy man. So everything had to be exact. Everything had to happen on time. And if the house was just a little bit dirty, if he didn't get dinner exactly when we wanted it, he would, have, he would beat his wife and kids viciously. But Rose, who... Despite being dozy rosy, uh, was still cunning when it came to men and how to manipulate. So how men. did how did she escape the beatings, Marcus? Oh, do you really want to know, Henry? How did she How did she get out of it if everybody else is getting beat? I would just assume she just kept on moving her head too fast for him to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so she pulled a she pulled a rope a dope. She was rope a dope it. <laughs> no, she fucked her father. On oh, a she started regular sucking her father's cock. Sucking her father's uh, cock. Uh, cool. But unlike That's a good story. It's a different That's kind awesome. of strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think the Berenstein Bears did that thing. They said the Berenstein <laughs> Bears and the uh, time when the daughter sucked the, the father's penis so uh -huh. that the, he, they wouldn't get beat for burning dinner. <laughs> I remember that one, and it, yeah. and it really it taught me a lot of different lessons. Her name I was really Sister. Wish they, What's really weird is you remember how it was all in black and white except for the red of the blood on the on the mother bear's face. <laughs> yeah, they pulled that issue. I think they pulled that one after a little. Not while. Not many of those anymore. Not around. too many are left. No. 
Uh, well, uh, while both of them had uh, regular sexual relationships with their parents, uh, unlike Fred, uh, who would end his you know sexual relationship with his mother, presumably when he left home, uh, Rose's sexual relationship with her father would continue up until his death well mm. into her and Fred's relationship. And it is also said... Do you that think he was just as surprised... No, you he think knew. He would still just be like, you know, Rose. At some point, you've got to leave the nest. <laughs> you can't keep up. You got to cut the umbilical cord, Rose. <laughs> Believe me, I love the blowjobs, <laughs> but you got to leave the house every once in a while. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, you have to have your daughter go and spread her wings and have her suck other dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rose, yeah, so we'll get more into what happened with them later. Uh, But Rose, she was only 15 when she met Fred, who was 27 at the time. And it was like Henry said, it's like the theme from a summer place started playing. Uh, They locked eyes and fell in love almost immediately. They did have a lot in common, a surprising amount. They had a huge amount. They had so much in common, it's scary. That's why. You fucked your mom? That's so weird. (laughs) I'm fucking my dad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the reasons why these people are so scary is because they have such similar backgrounds. They right. happen to meet each other, uh, and it was just the perfect formula for an extreme. And that's another thing that uh, that will come up later is that they had to keep topping each other. They had to keep one step ahead of the other, and Rose especially had to keep one step ahead of Fred uh, to keep Fred from eventually turning his mm. murderous impulses on her. But they definitely they had to up the ante constantly. I'm gonna say not that difficult to stay one one step ahead of Fred. He had <laughs> one very very short leg and then one longer one. But I will put also this way too. It's just like what a, that is just a very evil scenario. That is just the worst type of like. Oh man. Yeah. I love to hear it. Oh, yeah. So not long into the relationship, Fred was sent to prison for a petty theft charge. Uh, but Rose, she was already fully committed. She left the house at the age of 16 to take care of Fred's children, Charmaine and Anne-Marie. And while Fred was in prison, Rose gave birth to their first child, Heather, although it is rumored, it is very possible that Heather is actually Rose's father's child. Oh, God. Yeah, Dang. because of the prison uh, sentence, because Fred was right. in prison. Uh, and she kept fucking her dad. It's, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. Isn't that what that old 70s sitcom was about, All in the Family? <laughs> uh, so motherhood, of course, uh, didn't... Surprisingly enough, didn't come naturally uh, to Rose West. She was quoted as saying, Henry, take this one. Breasts are for fucking, not breastfeeding. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful woman. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of a tit job there, I guess. And now that they had their own child, Fred and uh, Rose, there was, of course, the matter of the other two children. One of them, Anne-Marie, was Fred's actual flesh and blood, but Charmaine... She was just the bastard of a bus driver who had no real relation to Fred or Rose. I will say probably the smartest one. I'm sure the smartest one. You gotta be smart. She was definitely the most nervous one. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. 
So during the summer of 1971, Rose, in a fit of rage, which she was prone to, to go into, she took a beating on Charmaine a little too far and ended up murdering the eight-year-old shortly before Fred was released from prison. And once Fred returned, he removed the fingers, the toes, and the kneecaps, and he buried her underneath the floorboards of their house. And when Rena came looking for the child in the fall of 71, Fred took action himself this time. He got Rena drunk. He strangled her. He removed the fingers and toes and kneecaps. He dismembered her mm. and buried her near his first inconvenience, Anne McFall. But the pair would soon move into their very own graveyard at the most infamous address in England, 25 Cromwell Street. Uh, maybe- and interviews with Fred. He talks about how like, he originally did not find it easy to dismember the bodies but what he would do but the way he said it, it's like it just sounded like a lie anyway because he was like i looked around for a way to sort of i needed to separate the limbs and i'd look at the x and i was like oh no way i, c- I could not i could not put an axe to a woman's body yeah but i had this long serrated blade that i'd use to cut chunks of ice and i thought that i could use on a woman's body mm-hmm so who would so cut, just like so cut off really the, weird standards? Cutting off the toes and the kneecaps and the and the fingers, and then was he uh, planting them in the ground, just trying to make some really weird trees or something? <laughs> we have we have no idea what he did with them, they've, and they've never been found. They've never been found. We have no idea where he put them, where he hid them, what he eventually did with them. He never, when he confessed to the murders, he never once said what. Uh, they were for, what he was doing it for, or why? So yeah. we we have no clue. It was just part of his ritual, and but he had been doing it. He from just the would beginning. keep them in his car, so after a big meal, he could like pick his teeth with them. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I mean, I had a couple of badger paws from a badger I had killed uh, hanging around a piece of wire off yeah. my. Uh, You're disgusting. Right? These are these rare these are these little things that we should all remember. Those are red flags. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Marcus Parks red flag moment. <laughs> So 25 Cromwell Street, this place was perfect hey, kid, for the Hey, my name's Marcus. You want to see my badger paws? I'd love to not go to your house ever again. <laughs> no, if you were riding in my truck, you saw the badger paws. It was, <laughs> it was a single cab. They're right there. You can't help. You couldn't help but look at them. Right. I didn't right. date a lot in that period in high school. No, no, you didn't, huh? Weird. That's weird. That's shy, I can't believe that Rebecca there, the prettiest girl in town, didn't love your badger paw collection. <laughs> no, her name was Michelle, and she did not appreciate yeah, <laughs> interesting. Honey, so do you think we should just put Marcus down now, or uh, should we wait until he gets real dumb? No, he'll do something later. honey, he's exactly like I was. <laughs> I was better. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, this place was perfect for the West family, large enough to house the seven children that Rose would eventually give birth to. And by the way, only four of those were Fred's. The other three were fathered by John's, and we knew they were John's because Rose... They were brown. They were brown. Rose exclusively dealt with the West Indian gr- crowd, uh. Jamaicans, uh, you know... Mm-hmm. Jamaicans, people from ha- Haitians. Uh, yeah, uh, dealt exclusively in uh, the big black fellas. She was a very elite prostitute. That, that's, <laughs> that's what that means. She was only doing the most uh, high-end clientele. Well, it, Fred was obsessed with watching her. Yeah. That was the whole thing. Is that he was upset because he built the Rose's room, mm-hmm. which was which is really fucked up. They were talking about in the police investigation when they found it. Because when they first, he kept the way he, when he basically Fred confessed, we'll, we'll get into when he confessed to a bunch of these murders. 
murders. He, they all said it was because of like manslaughter and it was because he had gotten heated. And it was a crime of passion. When they showed up and they saw this room was had like a padded bed on the floor for sound and video they're like what the fuck is going on here mm-hmm. and then they found stacks of videotapes of rose having sex with with john oh it was all yeah. wired with sound and video yeah and oh, it I had see. and it had peepholes in different walls so fred could look in and watch her fucking the dudes because he like was the, it, obsessed with watching a jamaican dude just stuff her fucking holes huh it's like that movie porky's Remember yeah, that when all the kids used to like watch Porky's. the girls in the shower? It's a lot like Porky's, except for all the rape. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, Porky's was just full of fun pranks. Porky's was a part of rape culture, <laughs> so think about that hashtag it. <laughs> oh, and there was also uh, Rose's room, of course, where she took all the Johns. There was a red light outside, so her children knew that her mother was, quote-unquote, working, but it would be the basement that Fred would turn most of his attention to, and he even once joked to a neighbor that he was soundproofing the basement to turn it into his own private torture chamber. <laughs> I turned it into a torture chamber! <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> he is no, funny. This is real. This is real. I am doing it. <laughs> that is. I'm funny. gonna kill a girl down here. <laughs> Great. Oh my god. British humor. We were talking uh, yesterday yeah. with, the, with the book uh, with the tour manager for our UK tour, and then we're talking about Jimmy Saville. Saville. I'm not changing it for nobody. <laughs> Talking about how he used to just joke about having sex with underage girls, and they would just laugh and laugh and be like, "That is just classic comedy." Yeah, that's classic Savile. He's just amazing, uh, and it's I guess it's the same kind of deadpan humor that made people write off West when he would openly joke about murdering people, right? And because he locally, it's like he was. They were known as like a nice but eccentric couple. Yeah, and that's what everyone was saying. Like, so can you imagine what the eccentric was? Was basically just him just being like. It's not like I'm going to rape her. And then they're like waiting for the laugh on the other end. Right, yeah. right. It's and like, it's- I don't like your catchphrase, Fred, but uh, <laughs> thank you for the grapes. <laughs> so the first victim to see the inside was uh, Fred and Rose's eight, uh, Fred's eight-year-old daughter, Anne-Marie, from his first marriage. He and Rose undressed her and told her that she was lucky that she had such caring parents who were making sure that when she got married, she would be able to satisfy her husband. Emery's hands were tied behind her, and a gag was put in her mouth. Then while Rose held the girl down, her father raped her. The pain was so severe that the girl could not go to school for several days. Snow day! Oh, God. God help me, Ben. <laughs> I'm indifferent, but... Yeah. Uh, Can you remember the movie Snow Day? Oh, yeah, I remember the scene in it, yeah. Can you imagine if it was like that instead? Mm-hmm. That would be better for her. Yeah. That would be a better life instead of the decade of uh, rape and torture that she would endure at 25 Cromwell Street. It's uh, fine. It turns out she uh, became a singing sensation known as Kesha. Ah, oh, good Kesha. for her. There good for her. Talented. Uh, and so in uh, their very first babysitter, uh, yeah, now in November of 1972, we've got Caroline Owens, the first babysitter uh, that the, um, the West would... Uh, Torture, torture, torture. Uh, they didn't actually kill this one. This was their uh, practice run. Let's say this is the, this was their dry run. Uh, they picked up 17-year-old Carolyn Owens while hitchhiking. She was hitchhiking from Tewksbury to her home in Cinderford. Uh, and she was picked up by Fred and Rose, who told her, 
while she was driving, like coincidentally, he's like, "Hey, we're looking for a nanny for our three kids. We just had a kid. Her name is Mae West, uh, which that's terrible." Uh, and so Carolyn, who had strangely enough dreamed of becoming a nanny uh, in past years, she wanted inter- also wanted independence from her family. Uh, she accepted and moved in with the West almost immediately. And of course, mm. the first sign that something was weird, she saw this steady stream of men coming and going from Rose's bedroom. But Rose said, oh, no, it's fine. I'm just a masseuse. But the problem yeah. is, is that you can never take someone's word that they're a masseuse if they're like, Oh, I'm a masseuse. Wink, wink, wink. Wink, 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 wink. It's like, it was really weird that she, then she told me she was a masseuse and she winked for seven minutes. Another weird thing, Fred would offer her abortions on demand. That's amazing. Yeah, saying that not only was he extremely well equipped to do so, but other women in which he performed this service were so impressed with his abortion skills that they repaid him with sexual favors. Nothing makes a woman more excited for sex than just having an abortion. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's sort of like, hmm, I'm going to repay you with the exact same thing that got me into this mess. (laughs) The big thing, too, but then, again, they kept putting, she was kind of like, they didn't really get scared by this talk because he had a really weird sense of humor. This was, these were the jokes. I guess that's the problem is that they all thought that these were jokes. Yeah. But he was just actually an open psychopath. Yeah, he even casually mentioned that her his eight-year-old daughter, Anne-Marie, had just lost her virginity. Yeah. Just casually mentioned that. and But what made her eventually run the first time uh, was that he propositioned her for sex. He said that her and Rose, him and Rose were a part of a sex circle with other men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's like, yeah, come on, why don't you join it? And so she left the house for some reason. That was the last straw for her. But two months later, the West found her at a bus stop. Rose apologized for her husband's crude behavior. Uh, and Carolyn climbed right back into the fucking car and went with the West. Right, right. And minutes later, minutes after she got into the car, uh, Fred, of course, propositioned her for sex again. And when she refused, he said, Go on, Rose. Have a feel and see if she's wet. Yeah. And Rose pushed her hand down into Carolyn's crotch. The two started fighting. Fred pulled over to the side of the road, punched Carolyn until she was unconscious. And when Carolyn woke up, her hands were tied behind her back with her scarf. Her mouth was covered with packing tape, and she was taken into 25 Cromwell Street, where she would be sexually and psychologically abused for the next 12 hours. Now, this is something, this is his MO that he will do with each one of these victims. When they say when they recovered a lot of these victims, even after years of like years of uh, decomposition they would find the remnants of packing tape from when he would wrap it all around their heads but, but later on he would stick tubes up their nose so they could breathe through the packing tape yeah they beat her with a belt and rose uh, abused her as fred took rose from behind uh fred told her that if she didn't do what she wanted he said i'll keep you in a cellar let my black friends have you and when we're finished we'll kill you and bury under the paving stones of Gloucester. So he really used her racism against her. (laughs) No, not the black friends. Anything but the black friends. (laughs) But after Rose left left this girl alone with Fred, Fred started crying uh, and told her that if she promised to not tell anybody, keep it our little secret, he'd let her go. So her, 
uh, this girl Carolyn, terrified, she actually promised to return to become their nanny again. It's like, oh yeah, bygones. Let's let bygones be mm, bygones. Water yeah. under the bridge. Uh, but she only went to the police after her mother saw the bruises. And even though Fred and Rose have both pled guilty to sexual assault and kidnapping, Carolyn was too frightened to testify. So the two were only fined. They were caught with this. They were caught dead to fucking rights right. with all this. They were fined $50 each for indecent assault and were let loose upon the world once more. You know, and this is also, again, we're going to see this a lot too, where they every time they get caught, they're like, yeah, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> and what's a decent assault? Indecent. No, what's decent? What's uh, a decent one? Just using your fist, man. That's pretty decent assault. That's a twenty-five dollar <laughs> fine. It's stand-up boxing, um, or it's it's killing a Japanese person during World War II. <laughs> right, right. So of course, this taught him two lessons. One, it's possible to do horrible things and get away with it. And two, it's best to not risk anything. It's best to not risk it. They want these sexual perversions. They want to torture women. They love doing it, but they knew that if they didn't kill these women, then this sort of thing was going to happen again and again and again. Right. So this is when the full-on murder torture begins with the completion of The Cellar. Ooh, The Cellar. It's a scary place. Oh, yeah. In The Cellar, uh, in Fred and Rose's torture cellar, victims were hung up, bound, stripped, and gagged for long periods of time. Fred Again, we're seeing slaughterhouse techniques mm -hmm. in this whole thing because he fitted that beam across the cellar ceiling and he would screw hooks into it. And he hung girls from the beam for days and then they would just mummify there. This is when Which it's isn't cool. This is when it's mm -mm. gonna get rough. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you a warning. Prepare yourself because this is when it gets real fucking rough. Uh, Fred's instruments of murder. They came from the same toolbox he used every day in his day job as a construction worker. He used hammers. He used knives. He used screwdrivers. Tape. Uh, and, of course, he almost certainly indulged in necrophilia with the victims. Uh, and, of course, all the fingers, toes, and kneecaps were removed. Uh, they never discovered any of these, as I said earlier. Uh, and, of course, after they had their fun with the bodies, the bodies would have to be disposed of. Uh, and this is a, a quote from Professor Bernard Knight, who wrote a book about Fred and Mary West, uh, or Fred and Rose West. Uh, he said the bodies had, the been bodies had been dismembered. All the heads had been taken off, and there were small cuts on the vertebrae, usually in the same place on the necks. All the legs had been taken off at the hip. There were very little cut marks around the head of the thigh bones. They're pretty well done, I think. Pretty well done. Yep, that is a direct quote. He said, yeah, they were pretty well done, I think. Well, I think you're right. <laughs> so when the cellar filled up with bodies, uh, and then, God, this is so disturbing. When the cellar filled up with bodies, Fred poured concrete over the floor and converted the room into a bedroom for his kids. Well, that's fine because kids love to play with ghosts. <laughs> if we've learned anything from movies. So let's go through the victims here, at least the known victims. Uh, Caroline Cooper, she was killed in 1973. She was strangled and dismembered, tortured for days. Uh, Lucy Partington, she was kidnapped on her way to visit a disabled friend and was tortured for a week before she was finally killed. In 1974, Therese Seigenthaler, she was kidnapped while hitchhiking to Ireland. And she was killed. Shirley Hubbard was also killed in 1974. She was the one when they recovered her head. The head was completely covered in tape with only a straw poking out for her to breathe through. 
Uh, the murders also included lodgers uh, that stayed at the house, such as Juanita Marion Mott, who was killed in 1975, and Shirley Ann Robinson, who was actually a prostitute for the West until she became pregnant with Fred's child, tried to replace Rose in the power relationship. And Rose, of course, having none of that, brutally murdered her. Uh, of course, the basement was full. So, so at some point, it just became a really, really bad Airbnb. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so yes. the basement was full, so Fred buried her in the rear garden uh, after dismembering both her and her unborn child, his own flesh and blood. Uh, he had done this mm. twice now, uh, where he had yes. gotten a woman pregnant, uh, he killed her, cut the cut the stomach open, and dismembered the baby as well. And there should mm. be there should be some sort of movie about Rose West versus Shirley Ann Robinson in that house where it's like. Because she saw herself, she was like, I could be the kingpin of this family. And so it's like Shirley Ann Robinson yeah. was like, I get to be in charge of this murder family. And then Rose West is like, you have to beat me in order to be in charge. Right. Well, you know, John Candy would have been great in the role as Fred West in that. Oh. Leave John Candy out of it. Rest in peace. What are you doing? Good God, he's too innocent for but such a perverted... It doesn't seem like a John Candy movie. He's, Fred West was like 5'8 or something. I think Loosely Paul based. Giamatti. Loosely based on it. Yeah, maybe. If you really want to make it lighthearted and funny with a good message at the end, maybe John Candy. What are you bringing Candy up for? Good you Lord. know what? Maybe I shouldn't rape him. <laughs> Last oh. sentence of the movie. Oh, Uncle West. So, <laughs> so uh, Fred Rose's last confirmed sexually motivated murder would be Allison Chambers in 1975. That's the last one that we know of in the house itself because the, the cellar was full, the garden was full, there were no more room to put bodies anywhere so it's probable that the west continued on their murder spree for the next 19 years jesus christ allison chambers was the last one found in 1975 they were caught in 1992 oh my yeah they they were definitely killing they wouldn't have stopped yeah that's what they said when they found him too and they were going through like basically they, they'll allude. We'll, we'll talk about it before, later on. But they they alluded to like not only were there bodies at the house, and there were bodies out on the, by this lake. There was a farm plot that he may have bought that could possibly have dozens of bodies. Right. Yeah. He told his son that there were twenty or more women buried there. Uh, but it's also likely that Fred uh, committed a bunch of murders in the early 60s. He'd live in Glasgow, where we'll be playing at the Glasgow Comedy Festival oh. uh, on April 25th, I believe. You can get your tickets at gigsandtours.com. I hope we find some bones. <laughs> I think we will if we go looking. <laughs> but during his time there, uh, four young girls who matched uh, Fred West's criteria all disappeared. And he had rented a garden plot while living in Glasgow. But by the time the crimes came to light, the plot had been buried under Junction 22 of the M8 Highway. And, of course, they can't shut down the M8 to go looking for some girls. No. Nope. So they will forever be under M8. Well, what a fun way to be, I guess. Kind of a got cars driving all over you, and you're dead. Part of the hubbub of everyday life in Scotland. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so in 1986, Fred and Rose's daughter, Heather, uh, told a friend about the abuse that both she and her sister, Emery, had endured over a decade or longer. 
Uh, I mean, and it was some of the most in the abuse that they visited upon their daughters was fucking horrific. He viewed them as basically he was trying to raise prostitutes for their prostitute ring. Yeah. And he yeah. he viewed them as sexual toys to be uh, developed. And he would bring he, them in during the torture sessions of the girls that they killed. Sure. Right? Yeah, it's bad. Well, it's the it same thing bad. his parents did with him to some degree. It's the family business, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, so the friend uh, told the friend that uh, Heather had confided in, she told her parents, who were friends of the West, and of course, at this time, the walls started to close in around Fred and Rose. They started to see their perfect fucking murder sex utopia coming to an end. But it was most likely Rose who murdered her daughter, uh, who was, as I said earlier, probably the product of Rose's incestuous relationship with the father. Uh, and Fred, looking to fit one more body into the family plot, enlisted his son Stephen to help him dig the hole under the guise of building a new patio where he buried his daughter's dismembered corpse. His Marcus, first. As a child, you like to dig holes. It was my favorite. Isn't that interesting? Moving it on. It is weird. <laughs> red flag, another Marcus Parks. Red flag. <laughs> I gotta find that's a, a red sound flag wave. Also, and so that's what I do then throughout their childhood, there was, I guess, a quote unquote family joke where every single time they would do something wrong, uh, Fred would would threaten, uh, you, uh, you better stop doing that or you're going to end up under the patio like your sister, Heather. Yeah. Although he had initially yeah. told him, oh, no, she's gone to work in Devon. You'll never see her again. Uh, tough but, job, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> real, real tough job. Well, You'll 24 never see her again. 24-7, seven days a week job. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 24 hours, seven days a week. So finally, in fucking May of 1992, after decades of operating, uh, West, he raped a friend of his daughter's, uh, and when the girl told a friend at the school, police finally came to investigate 25 Cromwell Street. Uh, and the friends, they went to the police, and the case was assigned to Detective Constable Hazel Savage, who you will remember from uh, Rena making the complaint that Fred was a sexual deviant 20 years before. Uh, yeah. And she remembered all the stories that Rena had told her about. Also, the, the, another buildup, too, was that uh, social services started trying to figure out where Heather was. Yeah. Heather Heather was looking. Uh, basically, Heather had been missing for school for seven years. And uh, finally. <laughs> for seven years? Yeah, seven yeah. years. Yeah. And yeah. they started like, they, like legitimately were like, hey, where's Heather? Huh. <laughs> her and desk is there. into it. Yeah. Nope. So on August 6, 1992, police arrived at 25 Cromwell Street with a search warrant to look for pornography and evidence of child abuse. They found bondage, bondage masks and suits, a large assortment of dildos and vibrators, and of course, an embarrassing amount of pornography. Oh, God. He was just... Look at my searches. <laughs> just oh. red in the face, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, it was piles and piles of magazines. Uh, and, the, Fred, and they were also really into uh, taking pictures of Rose and sending them into Swingers magazines uh, right. to get people to you know comment on the photos. Which means and, people jacked off to Rose West while she was murdering and raping a bunch of kids in her house. That is absolutely yes. true. Okay. Uh, so... They arrested Rose for assisting in the rape of a minor, and Fred was arrested for rape and sodomy of a minor. But the case collapsed again when two witnesses refused to testify 
But Detective Constable Hazel Savage had caught wind of the strange disappearance of Heather West because uh, not only was she gone uh, for seven years, but rumors were going around town that Fred was always making this joke. It was like, oh, right. if you fuck up, you're going to end up under the patio like Heather. Like that. So Detective Hazel Savage pursued the case for another two years Jesus. before she finally got enough Evidence to produce a search warrant for 25 Cromwell Street, and Heather's remains were found right in the hole that the West evidence should and his have began, son had dug seven years earlier. The evidence should have began and ended with, does he walk with a limp? Oh, he does? Okay, let's charge him. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, and basically, as soon as they found these bodies, Fred West confessed to everything. He tried to keep his wife out of it because he didn't want her to get arrested. Yeah. Um, and so he confessed everything. He said he did it. He basically, he did three. He said, I killed three people. They're all under the patio. But then he began this thing where he would tell them that ghosts would talk to him. And so he he created this whole fantasy about, like, first he was like, I killed her because uh, she, like, I, I accidentally killed her. He's like, my hands, he's like, my hands are so strong. He's like, I could pull, I don't know what a spanner is. He's like, I could use, I could pull off three lug nuts without a spanner with my own hands. Yeah. So it's like, I grabbed her and I accidentally snapped her neck. And then he started saying, oh, no, she's out. She's working for a drug dealer in Devon, right? And then he started saying, no, I talked to ghosts. So the uh, ghosts are his last resort. Yeah. This was last, he says, I talked to ghosts. And so he said that the, the three people haunted him. And so he wanted to get off his chest. And then when they were looking for more bodies, when they realized, like, there's nothing, they were starting to find bits of bone underneath the patio. They're like, they start yeah. looking for more bodies. We're going to start shifting down to the basement. He would, what they would do to have him, he, he would do this ruse. They were like, okay, we'll, we'll believe you talk to ghosts. So they would bring him down in the basement with a medium. And he would walk the basement with his hands out and being like, it's like, tell us where the ghosts are talking to you, where the bodies are. And he would be like, I see one here. They're spinning around me. Ugh. They're spinning around. It's so dumb. So weird. Yeah. 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 That's very strange. But Fred, uh, he would eventually confess to uh, two, nine other murders uh, after the bodies were found. He never confessed uh, officially to any other murders out of this. And strangely enough, he always denied the one murder that he denied was Annie McFall. Uh, his very first murder, the pregnant woman, the woman that he got pregnant, uh, sure. that was the only one that he maintained. He's like, nope, didn't kill her. I killed everybody else. I killed Rena. I killed all of, I killed Charmaine. I killed all of the girls, but I didn't kill McFall. All right. But you see that, I mean, you always see this in uh, the serial killer cases where people that are, char except for, you know, people like Dahmer, but they've been charged with multiple crimes. Uh, and even though it's very obvious that they're, all of the murders are yeah. uh, directly linked to them, like Chickatillo. Uh, one of them, they, it's always it's like always one of them like is one, one that they feel yeah. extremely guilty Exactly. About. That's what I was just going to say. It's the, one, it's the only it? one that matters. Yeah. Because yeah. he has to deny it to himself because he's, he's still a superhero in his own mind. Yeah. So, uh, Fred, uh, now that he knew his life would be over, he knew that there was no more sex, there was no more perversion, there was no more torture, hung himself in his cell while awaiting trial on New Year's Day 1995 while uh, with a knotted bedsheet while awaiting trial in Birmingham, uh, which we will be appearing at in our uh, last podcast on the left <laughs> live tour. Oh, exciting. Uh, in March, tickets go on sale 
uh, on Friday, right. gigsandtours.com. Uh, and Fred had four, only four mourners. Or actually, I wouldn't say only. He had four people. Yeah, come. I was gonna say only yeah. four. I can't believe. Yeah, yeah, four people came to his service, uh, yeah. and the service lasted less than five minutes. They cremated him and then uh, scattered his ashes in the countryside of uh, Gloucester. Oh, right. uh, and Rose West still alive to this day. Still alive, and have you heard about this thing? Uh, how she's grown out her mustache? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks beautiful. She shaved her head. This is not a joke. She <laughs> shaved her head and grown out her mustache, and then she sits alone all day. And if anybody tries to talk to her, she goes ah. Yeah, that, that's about right. <laughs> yep, she was eventually charged with the ten murders, but only after Fred had died. If Fred had gone to trial, I don't know if Rose West would have ever been charged with any of the murders. It's crazy, but they needed somebody. They need somebody oh, to hang for this. All the confessions, he only blamed himself. He said that she had nothing to do with right, it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did, uh, but. Yeah, she eventually took all the blame for it. She lives at Top Security Low Newton Jail in Durham, and right. she enjoys playing Monopoly, embroidery, cooking, and shopping from catalogs. I want Park Place because it's got a big basement. Oh. <laughs> hmm, weird. Um, all right, everyone. Well, that's Fred and Rose West. Jesus, what a demented couple. But again, a spiritual connection, no doubt Truly they Truly in love. Truly yeah. in, in love. love. That's how you know if somebody loves you, if they're willing to cop to... 12 murders. Turn them in. If you're with the guy and he's like, let's go kill that woman and let's rape her and kill her in the basement, just turn him right in. Yeah. Just don't even bother playing with it. He'll just do that to you too. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Let's do a Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And Hail uh, Gein. I'll give a magustalations out there. I'm going to say a hail yourselves. And I mean if that If you the don't hail me, if you don't hail me, you owe me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're you're about to get ten thousand dollars, and if you got twenty five <laughs> extra dollars, go and get your last podcast on the left T-shirt. Uh, just go to CaveComedyRadio.com/slash last podcast on the left, and you can get your very own awesome last podcast on the left yep. T-shirt. Don't forget to go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. Helps us keep up there, and you know the top fifty, top hundred. Let's try to get to the top twenty. That would and after be amazing. we get to the top and, twenty, know, let's try to get to the fucking top ten. Why not? You guys are really the best fans on earth. Oh, Thank yeah. you so much. The Facebook page are great for all the shows, Top Hat and Roundtable, and everything that Marcus does. Sex and other human activities yeah. with Jackie Zabrowski. Page seven. Page seven stuff. is you, awesome. You page guys are um, uh, get in the ring. What a great podcast. That's yes. another fun Go one. listen to Get in the Ring. That's done by uh, uh, Tim Warner and James Madden. It's a Guns N' Roses theme podcast. Can't and it's go wrong it's with fucking that. great. I don't That's know awesome. shit all about Guns N' Roses, and I like the podcast a lot. That's awesome. Um, thank you guys so much for supporting the community and supporting us, and we can't wait to see you if you're out in the UK March 23rd through the 27th. Yep, that's right. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. <laughs>